We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 375, and I am excited to have Anthony Kimson or Mr. K, or Professor K, as he is known by his students. He is on a mission to positively impact the lives of every young person he touches and help them aspire to change the the direction of their lives through the power of education. He's a dynamic coach, teacher, leader, and speaker with a passion to encourage, empower, mentor, motivate, and educate young people. He believes in breaking down the barriers and excuses often used within his community towards the pursuit of education and higher learning. His philosophy is there is no substitute for education, and he strongly believes the cliche, when you do better, you do better. Finally, Anthony's story is one of courage, determination, and perseverance, as he is a 14-year conqueror of cancer. He has the courage to take a stand for what he believes in, the determination to make a difference, and the perseverance to see it through no matter the obstacle. He is also a professor at two different schools. One is the Ultimate Medical Academy, and the other one is Hillsborough Community College, Tony, welcome to Transformative Principles. So excited to have you on the podcast. 
I really appreciate that. Absolutely. I was so excited when you extended the invitation. So I'm here and and hopefully those who hear our, our message today will be inspired and encouraged. Yeah, I certainly hope so too. And you and I met because we were part of a diversity panel um, a few weeks ago uh, that was put on by Deeper Dive Learning and Cloud9. I don't remember the rest of their company name. Cloud9. I can't. <laughs> Cloud9 Education or something like that. I can't. Exactly yeah, something like that. No offense, but I can't remember their name. Anyway, it was a great panel. I really enjoyed being there. And part of what I appreciated so much was the thought that went into the questions that were asked. And so many times this conversation about diversity is about putting some people down and lifting others up. And that really made me feel like it was trying to lift everybody up to the highest level they could be. And so I'm going to put links to those diversity panel replays in here so that people can see those. You can get those at the show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode 375. So you can go back and listen to those. We're not going to rehash everything here, but you are an expert in this area of diversity and do a lot to promote it. And where I really want to start, though, is this part in your bio that I just read that Tony believes in breaking down the barriers and excuses often used within his community towards the pursuit of education and higher learning. And tell me what that means and why that's so important to you. What it, what it means is, and in, in when having conversations like this, I'm very comfortable having conversations that people would think of as as uncomfortable conversations, if you will. But within the Black community, there is a disparaging number of in between our white counterparts and those in the Black community as far as education, higher education, and in education in general. And so there's a stigma. I don't, and I hate to use the word stigma, but there is a, a mindset, if you will, that we reach a certain level or when you reach a certain level, our interests go off into other areas and not necessarily in education. And I feel, I I consider myself a lifelong learner. I'm I'm still learning. I'm going to learn until the day I die. That's my philosophy. And I want people to know, especially those in the black community and education knows no boundaries. I I, want to make sure that we understand that education is the equalizer, if you will. And, And when I say education, I don't necessarily mean the ABCs and one, two, threes. That's what I tell my students. They get a little chuckle out of it, but the, just the pursuit of knowledge, okay, in whatever it is that you're doing. If you are doing an, in education, okay, be the best. Strive to go as far as you can go. What are you doing in your communities? Are you empowering those members of, in, in your uh, society or in your communities to do better, to fix communities, to not be stagnant where we are. I see a community, one of my, well, I will say a goal of mine, if I'm ever to be able to put be in a situation where I see this as a triangle. I, I'm a sports guy, so I don't know how, how familiar your, your followers are of the Chicago Bulls when they won all those championships with Jordan and Phil Jackson. They used a triangle, uh, a triangle offense, and it was very successful. No one could penetrate it because it didn't matter. It wasn't set on necessarily a certain set of principles. It really was taking advantage of what was available to you. If we can do that in our citizen, in our societies, look at what's in our societies. If the defense is showing this in, in, in a sports term, then we do what we have to do to beat that defense. In the community that I'm speaking of, it's about just empowering and actually striving 
breaking down those barriers, those mindsets of we'll, we'll be stagnant. And, and this is as far as we can go. I don't see uh, a limit. That's just, I hope I was able to articulate that. I, I have a lot in my mind and in my heart when it comes to that. That's uh, the best way that I feel of how I can articulate what that, that message is to those who want to know. I really think that is, that's a good way to approach it. And in fact, the book that I wrote, School X, um, is all about adjusting our schools to meet the needs of the kids that are right in front of us. And so that idea of using the triangle offense to just take whatever the defense gives you, I think is really apt because I think we need to do that in our schools so that we have a school system that is designed specifically for those in front of us that takes into account their personalities, their predispositions, their strengths, and their opportunities for growth and matches them up with opportunities where they're going to be most successful. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this idea of the the stigma or the mindset that education is only so much, because I, be, I agree with you that education is the great equalizer. And I also agree with you that it's not really education, the big E of going to school and, and getting a certain degree. I don't think that is it specifically, but constantly learning and getting better, I really do think is what makes it so that everybody has the best chance at life possible. And, and you and I both know highly educated black people who, who don't buy into that. And we both know white people who are highly educated and don't buy into that either. But there are people who are who are in different communities and certainly not to generalize, but often those communities are poor and they think that they're not made for education because their parents weren't educated or their parents don't have a good job or didn't go to a fancy school. What is your recommendation to people who are in that situation who feel like the deck is stacked against them? There's no opportunity for them to grow and develop and be better because of where they're from. What do you say in those situations? That's, that's a great question. And, and everyone's different. And let me just preface it by saying, I, I, I want to just make sure that um, I'm clear on one thing before I answer that question. We are uh, in, in, in the United States and anywhere for that matter, we can identify with different groups. And you know, that's one thing that I, I don't like labels. I understand and I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the facts, the, the things that I just mentioned about the disparaging numbers in between Black community and our white counterparts is factual. They're, they're, the numbers bear that out. But if we really get down to it, there's only one, there's only one race in this world, and that's the human race. And that's a whole other subject. But I want to make sure that we understand that when I speak about doing things, in, and I use the term my community because I'm Black, okay? Let's keep it real. I'm looking where the need is. So if there is a need in that community, in our community, and that's the reason, that's the one I want to address. So getting back to what do I say to those who, who have that mindset, I, I want to say, I want to come at, at two fronts. One is we always say, you hear the term, think outside the box, and what I say, I've learned over the years, and actually I saw this in a movie and it made a lot of sense. So the question then becomes, why is there a box suggests limits already? Why should we come from a standpoint that there is a box in the first place? So I would want to try to break down the box that our minds are in. A lot of, a lot of, the, of those in, in our community, their mind is that I'm only be as much as I can be. And 
it is, or I'm only be as much as I'm allowed to be in those type of mindsets. And that's just outdated. Now, are there barriers or filters, I should say, because barriers you can't get through, filters you can get through. I don't like to use the term barriers. There are filters in our society. Absolutely. Can they be overcome? Absolutely, they can be. So I want to be able to look at one, let's not create a limit for ourselves, number one. Get that mindset of a limit out of your head. Number two, what do you aspire to be? What is there? If you could do anything in the world, everybody has a a goal or or some type of fantasy, if you will, that they would want to be this or that. What's stopping you? There's the question. What is stopping you from achieving that? and have a serious conversation or a serious reckoning or introspective uh, reckoning with you as an individual, as individuals. So I I would look at it from a two-pronged approach, create, get rid of the limits to begin with. And then what do you aspire to be? If there's something, what's stopping you? And then that will spur on other questions and then hopefully spur on the drive, determination to get to where they would want to be. In, 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 in hindsight, for me and you, it sounds like that is, that's a pretty easy thing to do. And, that, and it's simple, but I don't know that it's easy because that mindset issue is really challenging. And so getting rid of the limits, I want to talk about that a little bit first. And I, and I love how you said that there are filters instead of barriers. I think that is so such a powerful way to think about it because all I'm saying is unless this is in place. And when you think about it like that, then, then that becomes powerful because all you got to do is figure out how to trick the filter into letting you pass. And I think that is such a, a great piece of information because it, it recognizes that there is a, the way I describe it, that there's a game. And if you're in school, you got to learn how to play the game. And what I often said to my students students as a principal was there's a game and you're not playing the game. You are losing the game. So think about this as a game. All right. And the way you win the game is that the way way you're you're winning is you get to do what you want. And especially with our black students, they would appear more boisterous, loud, bigger than their peers and would get what's the word? singled out for things when they weren't the instigator, but because of preconceived biases, because of whatever, then they got singled out. And so there was this one student who was such a charming young man, but he in trouble a lot because he was, he was taller, heavier, and louder than everybody else in the school. And so anytime there was commotion, he was singled out because he was often in the middle of it. He wasn't always doing bad, but he was often in the middle of whatever it was. And I, I kept saying to him over and over again, look, buddy, you've got to figure out how to play the game. And so if you are loud and yelling in somebody's face, even if you're not mad, but if you're yelling in somebody's face because of who you are and the way your voice is, you sound really like you're mad. And so you've got to figure out how to laugh saying something at the very least so that people don't think you're angry. And, and just like a couple little things like that, it didn't take much, but he soon learned how to start playing the game. You no, know, I'd come around a corner, there'd be commotion and right away, we're all good, Mr. Jones, nothing's happening here. And I'd of course go make sure that was the case, but he knew just because he was loud, he was going to get pinned with stuff. And once he understood that there was a game to be played, he could figure out the game and he could be successful. So talk a little bit about that, that idea of filtering through getting rid of the limits and recognizing that you can 
be successful, no matter what things you may think are holding you back? Oh, absolutely. And and I use the word filter. And I, I mentor a, uh, well, I started mentoring him as a freshman. He's now a, a senior in high school. And I when I first met him and I told him about how there are filters and not barriers. Now, you have to understand what those filters are. Now, are there some issues? Let's keep it real. Are there some issues? And you hit it on the head when you said a lot of the Black students or some Black students, you know, were getting singled out because of probably some preconceived notions or biases. That is a part of life that I consider a filter. That is one of the things that we need to filter through. So speaking of filters and, and how a lot of Black students in the numbers in are disciplined more so than their white counterparts that do the same things. Those filters of those unconscious biases play into that. So how do we navigate that? Well, the first thing to do is be aware. Now, as a child, obviously, they don't understand all of that. (laughs) Kids, they don't get it, right? But as as an adult, what are we doing? Things like this. Things like having panels, that panel, the diversity panel that we had that brings awareness to those type of issues. Once you bring awareness to them and to and have and show that how a person can have biases and not even know. And one of the other big things about that is a lot of my friends or friends from all walks of life don't understand how, hey, I'm not biased. I, I have X number of friends or these friends are black or these friends are white. We have been conditioned. Let's just keep it real. When I say we Americans, a society, if you will, has been conditioned to think one way for generations. So if we have generations of feeling of certain members of society not being viewed as or being biased against, that's not going to happen or, or change overnight. That's something that we have to, it's a part of life. It And, and honestly believe this now, and this may sound a little strange, a lot of people and a lot of my white friends don't realize it. And it's not a negative thing that they don't understand. Now, if they knew and then continue, then it's a negative. But once it's brought to your attention and then you have the knowledge or you have the education aspect to understand what that is, then you might be able to see things differently and then be able to combat those biases, those unconscious biases and see things from a different light. Those, those types of things are built in, those filters, those types of things, because they're not barriers. I, long gone are the days of barriers, in my opinion. There were, obviously, in our history, I believe that those are gone, but there are filters. that we. And so being aware of them, number one, will, and then talking about them, creating awareness, I think that will allow us to come to a place where we can alleviate or much navigate through those filters much easier. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books used by educators 
of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Yeah, and so much of what you're talking about is really a mindset issue, Tony. That like there are filters and some people may, but you're choosing to say they're not barriers, they're filters. And you're making that decision. And I think that's really important. And sometimes I got a little bit of flack calling my black students how to, but I really wanted them to be successful. There's a way to be successful with the filters, with people having biases, and there's ways to change people's minds. And I really think that is important. And that's why I appreciate what you're saying so much, because it's about more than just, just saying something. It's about believing it as well. And you have to believe that you can reach the potential that you want to do, which, which brings us to the second part of what you're saying, which is what do you aspire to do? And if you believe from the word go that the whole world is against you and you're never going to be successful, then that's a challenging place to be. But what you're saying is that you can choose to become anything that you want, and you can choose to live your life in a way that you'll be able to do that. So how do you help people understand what they aspire to be and that what they can be is something more than what they ever thought before? I I think it starts with the individual and questioning the individual, not necessarily questioning them to get information, but questioning them to provoke thought, introspective thought. And what I say by that is, I ask not necessarily rhetorical questions, but give you an example of a conversation. I ask more questions and I tell my students this. I tell my students this, that when I go into a classroom, I tell them on day one, I don't answer questions. And they look at me strange and say, what are you talking about, Professor K? What do you mean? I said, I don't answer questions. Now, that is not to say I am not, I won't help you find the answer to your questions, but I will not openly give you the answer to questions. And then they get it as we go along and they slowly get into why I do that because I'm trying to provoke critical thinking. That's one of the things that I teach. I should say not teach because I don't consider myself a teacher. I'm a facilitator of learning. That's what I call myself. I, I facilitate a process of critical thinking and deductive reasoning. In that process, I help students question themselves. And I tell them what my goal is for you. And this is what really gets me. My goal for you is to leave my classroom with more questions than you have answers. Why? Because you're then going to continually seek knowledge. So what I would say to those who have that mindset and, and how do I, what do I say to them? And after the question of what do you aspire to be? Then it's a series of questions. How do you suspect you can get there? I know I probably have to have a a degree or something to get me in the door, to get me at the table, whatever. What do you think you need to do to get that? So I'm asking uh, thought-provoking questions that hopefully will take a hold. One of those questions will take a hold, and then they'll take that and run with it. But it has to start small. Because if they see all, if all they see is, wow, I got to do 
four years of school or two years ago, and all they're seeing is four years, that's not going to work. You can't come from a point of I'm here with zero and then I got to get four years. All they see is four years and that's discouraging. I look at, you said you would like to do this. What will being a EMT do for you? What things will you can you do with being an EMT? It'll give me self-confidence. It'll give me a sense of accomplishment. Isn't that a, a great feeling to have? When's the last time you had something that you really felt great about? They'll tell you, tell me, and I'll say, you know what? Now, was that a good feeling or what? Oh, that was the best feeling. Don't you want that feeling again? How do you think we can start? What if we did it? And then you start putting those little things in place and then they can see a path instead of just seeing a big step from here to four years. They can see little things and then by really get there, those four years are gone and they got it. So it's breaking it down and it's just allowing them to be thought provoking uh, introspective and then building those little steps to the bigger picture so they can see it. What it'll look once they're complete. Yeah, I, I really like that approach to little steps. That's something that's so powerful. And if you take, you know, the idea of being an EMT and it may take four years before you yeah. get that degree, find out where you can go to be learn to become an EMT. That is a lot more manageable than thinking about doing that whole four years. And so if you just think of it as little steps that continually build, then it, it becomes a lot easier to get to that point. And I, I really like that that perspective of how you do that. Now, you you teach this at the community college, Hillsborough Community College, and that is a life skills um, class you mentioned. Tell me what that means and, and how that's different than a regular class at that school. Oh, great. I love that class. And I would much rather, I, I'm qualified to teach a few things. I would much rather do this than student life skills because I am, it is, I take it very serious and very personal on what. I do in my classroom because it's just that student life skills. There's no book for life. That's the second thing I tell them after I tell them I don't answer questions. There's no book. There's no book. You live it and you experience it and then you make the best of it. And then you pass on the good things to your kids or siblings or whatever. There's no book. Just there's the only thing that separates the biggest thing that separates my class from other classes we don't deal in absolutes. Life doesn't necessarily deal in absolutes except for death, <laughs> okay? And taxes, as some people would say. But math, two plus two, no matter what you do, is always absolutely will be four. Life doesn't work that way. And so I instill that in my students. So when these students come to class, they're new students to college. They're, they're, some are older. Some are just out of high school and I get a mix of age groups in there and they're all wide eyed because they've never been had the college experience. So I tell them or facilitate to them, I provide information. And what we do is each student has a level of knowledge. All of their level of knowledge is uh, the levels of knowledge are different, but they all have a base level of knowledge. My whole goal, and I tell them, I'm not a teacher. I'm not here to teach them anything. I'm here to facilitate their learning. They all learn differently, and they all have a knowledge base. So what I do is provide information, and then I allow them to use their experiences to make sense of that information. And once they make sense of it, then it becomes meaningful to them, and then it stays with them, and they can use it as information later on. So we cover a wide range of things. We don't just cover the note-taking and those types of things. We cover stress. 
the stress of a college student that maybe that 21-year-old college student who is in a relationship, maybe that relationship was rocky. They got bills they got to pay. Let's look at what COVID is doing now. The stress of that, the stress of getting that assignment in at the last minute because you stayed up last night because your baby was sick. These are real situations that there's no book for this. So we talk about, and we don't necessarily talk about it, but we exchange ideas and we exchange experiences and we take a synergistic synergistic attitude and create a synergistic atmosphere where we learn from one another. And I am... I become less and less involved as the course goes on. In the beginning, I'm doing everything because they don't know. And so I create an atmosphere where it's their class. And then we, I, I, I still present material. And then they make sense and have conversations and do assignments based on that material. And they come to a consensus or come to an understanding of what, how this material can help them in their daily life. And, and that's a different approach than what traditional courses are like, which are, here's the end goal of where we're at, and here's the test assignments that lead up to that. And what, what you're really modeling, it sounds like in that, is how to live your life. They take the experiences that you've had and try to make sense of whatever situation. Is that a fair summary of your time? What you're- Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I tell them, I, I don't, I'm not there to teach them anything. And they look at me so funny when I tell them that I am there for, to facilitate their learning. And I really, be, and I really believe that their true learn true learning happens when they can information and it makes to them. Once it makes sense, that's when learning happens. Cause tons of times you go into a class, I don't get this <laughs> and the learning is not taking place. So that's absolutely right what you were saying. So that idea of learning sense to you really about the deeper kind of learning because you can learn that two plus two is four and you could regurgitate that and parrot that back. But those kinds of skills don't really help you in real life. And certainly an EMT needs to when this happens, then this is the next thing that I do. But that's those use cases are, are very specific and they don't typically happen. Even teachers, when we have a student in front of us, we can't say okay, the student isn't getting it, so I need to explain it this specific way, and then magically that'll happen often. And that's, otherwise we'd all teach that way, but it doesn't always work that way. And so you're teaching them how to learn throughout their life. And so you have students who are coming back to college or who are a little bit older. Can you share a story of one student where this was a really impactful time and this approach made their college experience better? I know I'm putting you on the spot with a specific story, but I'm, I'm sure you've got a bunch. <laughs> I do have a lot. And I'm going to tell you one that happened probably about two semesters ago. And it's an excellent story. One of the things that I, I tell uh, my students on, on day one as well, there's a lot that goes on day one, a lot. <laughs> but one of the things I tell them is we're all in here and we don't know each other. And we are all in our own little comfort zone. You, your comfort zone, and I use little levels. I said some of us are introverts, some of our some of us are extroverts, and you are at your comfort level. When I, I make the analogy of show me something that stagnant, meaning it doesn't grow. Show me something that's that's stagnant that doesn't grow that has blossomed, or I, I use different terms. I use a tree starts off as a little seed, but it has to crack out of that seed to get to these beautiful, majestic trees that are out there. So I tell them at some point, not today, 
But at some point, I hope that you make a decision to come a little bit more out of your comfort zone, a little bit more, a little bit more, until the point where you're ready to do your do, you know, be out of there and, and your comfort zone has expanded. So the reason why I tell them that, because right after I tell them that everybody in here is going to give a presentation in front of the class. And then I see the looks and I ask them how many people are a little hesitant or apprehensive. And most of the time I get about three quarters of the class that raise their hand that they're apprehensive. So then I put them at ease and say, listen, not everyone is going to have to come up here. I will make arrangements for those who are shy. I don't want to put you on the spot. Make arrangements for you to do your presentation one-on-one where no one's in the course. So to make a long story short, young lady, let's call her Kayla, raise your hand right off the bat. I don't. I want to do mine by presentation with you one on one. So I set up presentations over the weeks, and some students will come up. Some students will do one on one. Well, this we had been in school for a little while, and I noticed that Kayla was slowly coming out a little bit more, answering more questions, taking a little bit more time in answering her questions. So I said the presentations were over. The scheduled presentations. He said, now I'm going to go ahead and dismiss everyone so that can do my one-on-ones. Kayla raised her hand and she said, you know what, Mr. K? No longer. I can't stand or sit in the back of the class and all my life. At some point, I'm going to have to go to the front. She came up to the front and did a bang-up job, a wonderful job. And I use that story all the time. I asked her, could I use it? And she was so great and brilliant, and it did so much for her confidence. After that class, she was doing all kind of things. Her, I literally saw her come from an introvert, broke out of her shell, and then she blossomed the whole time. It does happen. Something like that similarly happens, but not so pronounced as she just made that statement. She can't. And so I use that as a teaching point. What does she mean by she can't sit in the back of class all of her life? What is she saying? What is the what does the class represent and what she was saying? And people give answers. And of course, it means life and her life. She's made a transformation out of that shell into now she's going to be open and be able to present or live out loud, if you will, a little bit. So I, that was just an amazing moment. And I will always share that story uh, because it was so powerful. She could have gotten away yeah. with doing that for forever, right? She could have gotten away with just hiding in the back of the class. But what I love about that is that you recognized that she needed a challenge, but she also mm-hmm. needed an accommodation to feel like it was safe. To And so if you would have said everybody's up here no matter what, she would have been dreading it all year long and would not have been happy about it. And it's going to be all right. And I want you to do one thing where you're up in front of everybody, buddy. But if you don't, at the end of the world, it's not going to destroy us, you know? And what I really appreciate is we have to recognize that we think people are ready for something, may not be. And so being able to provide that adaptation to say, here's the baby step, but this is really where I want them, even if it's really challenging, difficult, scary, whatever the case may be. So I, I just love that that part of the story there. It was great. It was great. It really was. So absolutely. So in closing, I'd like to ask you, what is the thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal? To be a transformative principal? Hmm. You know what I would say? Do something unexpected. I would say do something, show them in a sense of what you were just saying a little bit, show them that you are one of them or you can be one of them, you know, but do something that might be out of character, not way out, you know what I'm saying, but 
do something that's out of character that uh, the students will say. Not, they don't necessarily say, oh, man, Mr. Jones, he's cool. But, wow, what happened? where did that come from? Because one of the things my mother, my grandmother said was, if you're not afraid or being laughed at, you can do anything. Show, do something out of the ordinary, out of the blue, and do a conversation about how what you did can represent in, in, in their struggle or their story. So if you ask me, that's what I would say. This week. Well, <laughs> this week, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. And definitely something that we all need more of is understanding that that we're not alone, that we're not our only we're not all out there all by ourselves. So I appreciate that. But if you'd like to learn more about Tony, you can follow him on Twitter. A underscore Kimson is his username. You can go follow him there. And I just want to say thank you again to you, Tony, for being part of Transformative Principle. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and insight with us. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash principal. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.